0: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: A fateful phone call affects the future of Ethereum. Good evening. I'm Niklas Day, and you're listening to Late Confirmation from Coindesk, bringing you today's top stories. On today's program, a feud between Bitcoin Cash's developers could split the year-old cryptocurrency in two. More news on the long-defunct Bitcoin exchange, Mt. Cox. Its former creditors can now submit proof of their claims in a newly approved rehabilitation process. And lastly, we'll speak with Coindis reporter Brady Dale about his coverage on crypto startups burning their coins. But first, a word from our sponsor, Said Business School, University of Oxford. You can now study blockchain entirely online with Oxford University's Said Business School. Find out more about the six-week online program that gives you a fundamental understanding of blockchain and its implications and effects on your business strategy by visiting oxfordexecblockchain.com. All eyes on Ethereum. On a phone call earlier today, leading Ethereum stakeholders failed to come to a consensus on some of the most challenging questions behind the world's second most valued cryptocurrency. At the heart of the discussion, A piece of code named the difficulty bomb that makes the platform's blocks deadly less efficient to mine. Expected to activate in early 2019, developers are preparing for a system-wide upgrade in October in order to delay or remove the code, a decision that impacts the platform's underlying economics as well. Because Ether issuance impacts a wide set of stakeholders, the proposed changes have led Ethereum's core developers to call for a larger number of voices than usual. Participants in today's call included miners, investors, and developers. Also on the agenda was whether Ethereum should introduce software changes to remove highly efficient hardware, or ASICs, from the platform. Failing to reach consensus, these topics will also be the center of attention during another call next week, which has been set as the final deadline for decision-making. More disagreements on a cryptocurrency that grew out of a disagreement are here. Bitcoin Cash, which was born from a hard fork off the original Bitcoin network, is likely to face a split of its code as its developers are at each other's throats. The year-old cryptocurrency has seen its stakeholders come to a unified goal of boosting its block size parameter in order to attract more users and enable more transactions, but its developers are having a technical disagreement around the direction of the Bitcoin Cash software. Leading Bitcoin Cash implementation Bitcoin ABC has released a software update that includes a smart contract feature that would support atomic swaps, or a way of trading one cryptocurrency for another without traditional exchanges. Meanwhile, another side backs another incompatible implementation called Bitcoin SV, that would push the block size parameter to 128 megabytes. Bitcoin SV is supported by Calvin Ayer, the founder of cryptocurrency news site CoinGeek, as well as Craig Wright who has claimed to be Bitcoin inventor Satoshi Nakamoto, but to date, has not provided proof of his claim. Wright's backing of Bitcoin SV has brought condemnation from many in the cryptocurrency space, including Jihan Wu, the co-founder of mining hardware manufacturer Bitmain, which has a substantial stake in the cryptocurrency. Wu made his feelings on Wright clear, saying that the debate is a, quote, an opportunity to conclusively ostracize and reject him, end quote. More cheerful news for the creditors of what was once the largest Bitcoin exchange by trading volume, Mt. Gox. They can now submit proof of their claims in a newly approved rehabilitation process. According to a note published on Thursday by a trustee of Mt. Gox, an online claim filing system is up and running for the creditors. As Coindesk previously reported, this is the newest development after the creditors saw a major victory in June, when the district court in Tokyo changed the exchange's status from bankruptcy to civil rehabilitation. We'll be following those stories closely on Coindesk.com. The most influential conference in crypto comes to Asia this fall. Coindesk's consensus conference takes over Singapore on September 19th and 20th. Join more than 75 speakers and 50 sponsors for two days of powerful insights, industry announcements, and cross-industry networking opportunities. It's all happening in Singapore September 19th and 20th. Register today at Coindesk.com events. And now, we're going to talk with Coindesk reporter Brady Dale about how ICO-powered blockchain startups are seeing the benefits of destroying some of the very tokens that they create. Brady, thanks for joining us. Hey, how's it going, Nick? I'm good. How are you? Great. So I guess, just to start with, what does it mean for companies to burn coins? So as I understand it, they usually uh,
0: they send them to a, a dead address. Uh, So people can see where they're going, but it's an address that is a a one-way only address. So they just take whatever amount of coins they've committed to burning and uh, transfer them to that address and they can never come back out. Why would anyone want to do that? So the basic idea, yeah, when I started looking into this, it started with this company, Ido, which well, it started for me. It's not, they're not the first who's ever done it, but that's how I started. It probably wasn't the first time I'd ever seen it, but it's when it really registered for me. Ido is this Swiss company that is uh, working to provide a number of products that make uh, using cryptocurrency easier. And they announced that their, promised, their first promise burn was coming up. And so when I saw this, I wondered if there was some like – subtle interesting business case reason that it spoke to the fundamental essence of the, of the project. but there really isn't. The reason people do it uh, is just because it helps keep the price either stable or increasing, right because it's supply and demand. If you've, if you've got a hundred of a thing in the world and people want it and are trading it and you know you blow up 10 of them, then there's 10 fewer. There's, now there's only 90 and that means that it's harder to get them so the, the price should go up a little bit or at least stay stable.
1: So how are these projects communities reacting to the token burnings? Yeah, it's
0: crazy. Like, folks seem to like it. I mean, when IDO confirmed in a blog post that they were going to go through with this first burn that they'd promised, uh, there was a, you know, it was a short-lived, but there was a spike in the price. Like, people seemed excited. And, you know, other companies are doing it too. Um, You know, Binance... Created its Binance token a little while back, which is used to provide discounts to people who use the Binance exchange. Binance is a big, is I think the biggest cryptocurrency exchange, and they've started powering um, a lot of the transactions there with their BNB token. And they said uh, that they would burn. I think the number was twenty percent, or maybe it was thirty uh, percent, of their profits made in BNB tokens every quarter. Um, and so they did a burn in June, I think, and uh, and it was equivalent to burning $30 million, just throwing $30 million in the garbage. Uh, and they're going to do that until uh, they've burnt half of their – half of the total supplies. So there's 200 million uh, BNB tokens, and they're going to keep doing periodic well, – quarterly burns until it amounts to 100 million having been burned. And, yeah, investors seem to like it. it you know, it uh, – at least if you're holding, it it makes your holdings more valuable.
1: So investors like it, but how do customers and regulators feel about the uh, this practice?
0: I mean, first of all, it's like you walk into a candy store, right? And you're like... Hey, how much is this candy bar? And they say, it's a dollar. And you say, cool. And you give them four quarters. And then as soon as you give them four quarters, uh, the proprietor gives you the candy bar and then throws 50 cents out the window. You know, it's, it's kind of like that. Like, if you, if you can take in money and, uh, and, then, and then throw away half your revenue... That would suggest that you're charging your customers too much. So you would think that that would be something customers would eventually react to. And, like, you know, I spoke to William Mugiar for the story, and one of the things he said is, uh, you know, the sky is not the limit. I mean, this stuff works The people have a product people want, um, but it's also, it is financial experimentation, which could have effects eventually, you know, customers could react. You know, regulators may also react too. I spoke to Lisa Cheng of the Beck's group, and uh, she said that another factor for companies who are considering making burns a part of their token, token economic plan should consider is whether or not the Securities and Exchange Commission will see it uh, as proof that their token is a security because that is something – there's a number of things the SEC didn't like about the Munchie offering, which they shut, which they shut down last December – but among the things they didn't like about Munchie, they specifically mentioned the fact that Munchie promised to burn, and they promised to burn for the purposes of maintaining price. And as far as I could tell in my reporting, I couldn't find anyone, including IDO, who gave any other reason than maintaining price uh, or making price go up for burning. So uh, so I I just can't help but think that A, customers may react at some point, who knows, or B, regulators are going to look to burning as proof that uh, it's not really a, a utility token, so I think that's just something that companies in this space need to consider if they, if they think about a burning plan.
1: Great. Thanks for joining us. Cool. Thanks. Late Confirmation is brought to you by the Said Business School at Oxford University, where you can now study fintech entirely online. The 10-week program gives you the tools you need to build the future of transactions and commerce. You'll explore emerging technologies that will disrupt marketplaces and financial services, and examine the state of the industry and plan disruptive intra or entrepreneurial interventions. Throughout the program, you'll be exposed to key ideas, principles, and frameworks from CEOs of leading startups, corporate leaders, and instructional leaders at the forefront of research in the space of future commerce and transactions. For more information, check out oxfordexecfintech.com. For more on today's stories, check out Coindesk.com. And of course, you can get updates all day on Twitter at Coindesk and subscribe to our newsletter at coindesk.com newsletter. For Coindesk, I'm Nikhil Day. This has been Late Confirmation. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.